Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm David. I'm here with Rob. Hello. James. Hello. Jamie. Alright. And Alistair. Hello once again. Yes, we are here to not fuck up an episode so that you, the listener, can actually hear it. Yeah, we, we, we've had some time off, uh, some, some planned, some unplanned. Everyone had fun? Yeah, it was great. Oh, constantly. Mm, yeah, no one's seen any movies or anything like that. No, um, no, no movies seen. I have seen North Wales, though, which was really nice, and Manchester, which was also really nice. So big up to both those places. Yeah, Rob, you spent your holiday like visiting this fucking cursed place by choice, didn't you? Yeah, I spent it uh, walking the northern half of the Office Dyke Long Distance Path, which was fucking great. I did it with my I dad. Mean- I imagine it's got a completely different vibe when you've got you in the safe in the knowledge that in a week or two you're going to actually leave. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that Manchester Airport didn't try to keep me forever because it is a fucking shit show of an airport and fuck that I place. Mean, but I was going to say, like, if, if you if you come to Brit- if you come to Britain today, I wouldn't feel entirely safe about like the fact that you're going to be allowed to leave again. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. much. You might have just Wait. run out of airports or something by the time holiday's <laughs> over. Well, we will be discussing many of the things we're running out of on this podcast as well. Rob, where did you say that you went? Uh, North Wales, and then uh, flew out through Manchester. Yeah, what, what was the walk that you did? Off us Dyke. It's like a long-distance path pretty much on right. the border of England and Wales. Is it? Is it not a bit of a busman's holiday for a Dutchman mm-hmm. to visit a dyke? <laughs> no, because this, like, your country has actual hills, whereas ours just, like, the, the dyke is the hill. It's a different vibe in the altogether. Oh, okay. Plus the beer is much better. Sorry, what? The British beer is much better than Dutch beer? Oh, Christ, yeah. Dutch beer is mainly terrible. Jesus. I love to to leave, like, continental Europe to go to a pub in England or Wales and get a fucking Heineken. Look, I just like drinking, you know, flat ales and, and pretending to be British for some reason that I don't really understand. It's the same reason why I'm on this podcast. It's also for reasons I don't understand. Are you, are you a fucking yeah, English <laughs> LARPer or some shit? What's happening here? Yeah, I mean, like, I've just realised in a second that Rob is by far and away the most cursed and perverted of all of us. Yeah, because I do it voluntarily. Did you not, did he's you not like, figure that out from the fact that he's Dutch? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, no right-minded person eats off plates that small. Yeah, and to be fair, what what Rob gets up to in his bedroom with his like full leather get up is entirely his own business, as I presume is the business of all Dutch people. But like, uh, yeah, it's it's less leather, more boot polish. If I'm fairly honest, (laughs) (laughs) what would you what would you expect from a nation who's uh, one of their chief cultural exports is Pono de Pono? (laughs) That's that's very true. So, Rob, um, when we were here, did you did you? Gander at any news that you, you like to fancy of that we can I talk did, about? I did, I did. The first thing I wanted to talk about, because we spent our last premium episode with, well, there's a problem talking about boats. I found one more boat that I wanted to briefly talk about <laughs> with you. Seek. Because Where are you in boats, Admiral Rob? <laughs> well, this isn't so, this isn't so much as a, uh, a boat, uh, as a super yacht that will fix the world's problems, uh. including climate change. Um, Is this going to be some fucking... Carbon neutral, carbon negative. Super oh, is this that, is. Is that fucking thing that looked like a, a hand plane? Yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah, uh, traditionally uh, yachts, of course, and super yachts, especially, are very bad for the planet. Um, but this one, uh, a brand new one. This one has an. This one has an orb on it. It does have an orb on it, and can it's I, called, can I check? Presumably, some kind of futuristic power source. It does actually. <laughs> when you say. 
yachts are usually bad for the planet is is it because they've got billionaires on board or is it for some other reason no it's purely because they act as flotation devices for billionaires yeah, pretty much. And they, on average, emit about 7,000 tons of carbon every year. Um, they There's about 300 of them in the world. Um, yeah, they make, they, make yacht, they make yacht fuel out of rainforest and polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this one won't. Uh, this is the new super yacht called Earth 300, which will be the first emission-free mega-mega yacht. And it's designed to pull in all the smartest people and all the world's richest people. Um, and they will work together so on it. the carbon-free super yacht to <laughs> solve all the plants of the world. Or sink just it. Gonna put, just going to put all the fucking millionaires and billionaires on one yacht and then give me a, a torpedo. <laughs> I was going to say that the, the method through which it is carbon neutral is conspicuously absent from the description so far. Well, it's <laughs> going to be that fucking, that giant, like, uh, like vacuum cleaner or whatever they've got in Iceland that, that like, sucks carbon out of the atmosphere. <laughs> presumably, presumably that is just gonna like counterbalance the 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 yacht that runs on like fucking. No, like, the yacht the yacht does not just run on uh, on <laughs> hope and dreams. It run it, when it's built. It will first run on green synthetic fuels, but will eventually be retrofitted with a nuclear reactor based on thorium Excuse and sea me? salt. Yeah, it's a private <gasps> a nuclear, thorium salt reactor. Yes. My God! So you're saying that there's actual serious money being put into developing oh, yes. thorium fluoride salt reactors? Oh yes. And this uh, IBM is behind this, as is a consortium of the world's super yacht builders and some other dingbats you've never heard of. God damn, you, Rob! You've actually given me a reason to fucking like this thing, and I'm very <laughs> upset with you. <laughs> right for those for those of us who know nothing, what what's the big deal about a, a thorium fucking like salt? thing hey, like bit, you it, mentioned picture excuse me picture me grabbing the mic and shouldering rob aside on this <laughs> yeah, yeah, one go for it. because um so the reason our nuclear reactors are terrible is because they're not actually built to generate electricity the electricity is a byproduct what they're actually built to do is to be breeding grounds for plutonium that was what the original design was for it they're, they're creating electricity for civilians was the sales pitch and it was very much an afterthought. And so the first reactor designs were all basically built around how can we make plutonium for use in bombs? And by the way, how do we sell it to the public? I know atomic power. Now in practice, yes, they've developed reactors specifically for breeding plutonium. But the fundamental design of all reactors that are commonly used derives from how do we make plutonium, which is very fucking messy because it has to use uranium as its primary, you know, and a particular isotope of uranium as, at that, as its primary source. And what this means is that it creates a ton of very radioactive waste in the sense that it'll take forever to fucking decay. Yeah, but that's also the stuff that'll give us superpowers, so it's fine. Can, can, sure. can, we, just, can we just take the waste and yeet it into space? Not, strangely enough, they did consider that, but they realised that if one of those rockets blew up, it would possibly kill everyone. And you're what? Um, and this not seeing the downside here, like no. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, but here's the thing: so little-known story, the guy who actually designed, engineered the first commercial reactor, so to speak, um, he actually kept working for the Department of Energy in America back in the day, and then he came back to them like five years later and said, "Hello." I've got a new theoretical design for a reactor which gets rid of all the problems of the old ones. And they all sat up straight and said, this sounds excellent, tell us about it. And he said, well, 
it uses another radioactive material called thorium, which is massively abundant in the ground. We pull it out of every single mine that's in operation. Seriously, the shit is like everywhere. One mine can pull out enough thorium to basically power the entire planet for a year if you build a reactor that can actually use it. James, you're getting common. really close to like becoming a convert to this insane super yacht, so I just want just, to like well, put the brakes on. Well, no, 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 hold on. Thorium, um, so said, thorium doesn't sound like a real thing. It sounds like something like they'd make a shirt out of in Lord of the Rings. Well, no, it, it is. It, it very much is real. It very much is real. Um, and it's and as is Bilbo Baggins. Oh my god! And it is. Is the thorium in the room with you right now? <laughs> okay, right. Thank you. It is. A, it's also genuinely useless for most practical applications, apart from this. And so what he did is he figured out how to build a reactor. That if you mixed uranium in with it, what it would do is the uranium would turn the thorium into more uranium, and then as it decayed, it would produce far less waste, is the long and short of it, essentially. So all you need is a big batch of thorium and a tiny little bit of uranium to get started, and that's it. No plutonium production at all, and so none of the bullshit that goes along with that that is impossible to store or get rid of. And uh, so this sounded great, and he even said that he'd improved the safety features that by making a, a liquid thorium and fluoride salt, um, you could essentially run that through the reactor and set it up in such a way that if the, the cooling system broke, all the fluoride and thorium would drain out and it just would stop reacting. There'd be no runaway conditions or any of that shit. You don't need to continually spend power on it to keep it cool. You need to just spend power on it to keep it going a little bit and it can actually fuel itself, essentially. So perfect in every way, except it couldn't create plutonium. And yeah. so what do you think they did? Uh, they, they turned around and said, well, that's all very good. You're fired and we own the plans for this. Goodbye. And mm -hmm. uh, that was it. That was the end of it. Yeah. So it was back in like the and 60s, that, if I recall. That lad had to take all his thorium to Middle Earth and make cravats or something, <laughs> did he? <laughs> I mean, what he did after he left a picture, I, I can't possibly say. Point is, it never got past a theoretical, like, the theory Well, they still sound. haven't built one. This is this the salient point, I mean, apart from the science, which I have no business commenting on, uh, the salient point is, is we've never built one of these things. The, the thing is that the science is actually sound. Like, in theory, it works, but taking a theory and engineering it into something you can actually build is a much <laughs> more complicated... Alone. Let alone Isn't putting it on a fucking experimental fucking super yacht. <laughs> well, I mean, this is not just wrong. any super yacht. This thing's going to be 300 meters long, which is about Jesus. twice as long as the longest one currently in existence. It'll have, it'll be, th and it'll be 13 stories tall and have two dozen labs and an open source platform. So everybody in the world can share labs. on the voyage. <laughs> labs. Why? Why so are they building the fucking? The why, are they, on there? why are they building the fucking ships from the 2012 movie? <laughs> Maybe it's the ship from the fucking like the skeletons from the future or whatever that film was called. No, 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 no. That ship does not ever get talked about on this fucking podcast again. Uh, no. Alistair, in, in, in answer to your question, uh, the lead idea haver and CEO of the Earth 300 Corporation <laughs> that was his idea title. Uh, is a guy called Aaron Oliveira, who's an entrepreneur based in Singapore, which is how you know it's good. Uh, on the question mm. of why do we need one, he said, because global warming is a global problem that requires a global solution. So we'll build one yacht. Well, no, cool. We'll we're, we're building two yachts. Uh, there's two another yachts. One. No, one for each one. hemisphere. <laughs> there's another one being built in Norway at the moment uh, by a Norwegian fishing and oil drilling magnate, and he's also oh, building. Oh, good. He's I also building what a that's super yacht be used for. To, to figure out climate change. <laughs>
Oh well, we might we might have immersed the like the entirety of like like coastline areas of the Western world and like most of the fucking global south. But at least we can still get the fucking oil and all the fish we want. It's like yeah, in like in like fifty years time, like you know what I mean. Like all these like low lying areas will be underwater, and then they can just sail their yacht across them. Yeah, and then figure out why, where we went wrong. It'll be very helpful. And they'll have all the scientists conveniently in one place to figure it all out. I see where I see where he's fucking going now. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a floating gulch, gulch essentially. I think I imagine the next step is going to they're going to build um, the fucking boats out of Supreme Commander that have the fucking spider legs and just crawl onto land as well. <laughs> is one of his boats going to be called Hindsight? Whenever I I told you so, because that's the strong <laughs> vibe coming off of these. <laughs> Also, right, hang on. So, okay, the cool bit, let's be clear, these these boats still suck and here's why. The cool bit is a reactor they totally promise they're going to design, build, and retrofit into it. But in the meantime, they're going to burn it These on reactors, and- whether or not they work or not, is kind of immaterial because nobody's ever built one. And nobody's, like, it's still in highly experimental phases of does it actually question mark work? If I wanted to take a shit ton of venture capitalist money, I would promise something that I couldn't deliver. Because that's, that's that's a surefire way to yeah. be given venture capitalist money. I mean, if we learn if we learn anything, it's that you can. If it doesn't matter who who has all of the money, you can promise them anything you want. Uh, you can build a certain fighting vehicle. You can build these stupid super yachts. Just do mm-hmm. do what you like. They'll just, people just throw money at you because you've got yeah. like you know the right fucking idiots to say yeah we can do this. Mm-hmm. Electric lorries, no problem. <laughs> Please pay no attention to the plugged-in sockets, <laughs> or the gentle slope it's rolling down. Hey? Why? Why does your yacht only seem to work when it's being launched out of the dry dock? Can you explain <laughs> that one to me? <laughs> They're gonna fucking mount the fucking super yacht into like a rail gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, at least that'll get rid of all the fucking rich people. Anyway. Just just tell the investors you can't look directly at the yacht because of, like, particles or some shit. <laughs> and then, like, oh, do oh. all your updates. Do all your updates by just showing them footage from, like, Stingray or something no, like it, that. You know what I mean? Actually, it's actually, it's actually, that's probably part of it because um, it also is relying on quantum computing. Yeah, it does. Oh, it's going to have a quantum computer sake. on board. We can't be really precise about how we're going to build this in the perspective because it's made from quantum materials. Has it also, has it also got a fucking time machine and a fountain of youth? And, like, <laughs> and, and, and oh, a Alistair. magical elixir that give, increases your IQ Alistair. by 30 points. Alistair, I, I, I don't want to give too much away, but we will be returning to fountains of youth later in this recording. Ah, oh, you've done it again, motherfucker. <laughs> For real, though, the only people I know who are seriously investing in trying to develop a liquid fluoride salt reactor, thorium salt reactor, are the Chinese, and that's it. Like, it's the only nation on Earth that seems to be taking this whole idea of yeah. the limitless electricity. I was going to say, again, China's the only place with an actual functional functional state, for, for better or worse. Once again, uh, save us, President Xi. Well, speaking, <laughs> speaking of functional states and save us, President Xi, shall we turn to our second nugget? Well, I, I don't know what else to call it. Uh, like, just the breakdown of the United Kingdom? Like I, The I ongoing breakdown. <laughs> Decades in the making. Hundreds I of think, years in the making. I think the term we want to look at and seriously consider using is societal collapse. I think that's not a bad way. I, I saw earlier today one of the Tories at Tory conference said uh, it will be a British renaissance. And I think a very British renaissance, that's my pitch for like the title of season three, uh, because it's, it's folks, it's not going well. Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I read a whole bunch of stuff over the over the break, uh, and I thought I'd just put it together as like a series of snapshots, as like sort of the critical support beams that like mm. hold the UK up. <laughs> uh, like... All these pictures I'm take I've taken. If I arrange them in a certain order, they seem to tell some kind of story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the NHS winter crisis is essentially already here in the start of October, which is good news. Much I like how I like how as we as we uh you know careen into ongoing societal and ecological breakdown, the summers of like horrendous fires sweeping across various nations are happening earlier. <laughs> At the same time, the NHS like winter like you know annual winter crisis just happens earlier <laughs> and earlier every carnival. year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, currently fifty percent of A and E services are being forced to turn away ambulances or essentially make them wait in the driveway, hold the patients because the A and E wards are full, as are half the casualty wards where they're treating people in hospital in uh, in the corridor. And now that uh, Corona is quote unquote over, you know, regular scheduled services being resumed, that means people are having more car accidents and heart attacks. But if you add in all the long term cases and all the optional surgeries that were pushed out because of Corona, well, well they're now, cons- they're now coming back. It's very considerate of all those people to hold off on their heart attacks until after Corona. It, for some reason, apparently, the the amount of heart attacks did go down uh, significantly. I suppose that it has something to do with not having to go into the fucking office. <laughs> yeah. Not that it really matters because, like, the NHS staff are just leaving in fucking droves. Everybody's leaving. Everybody's sick with long COVID or other things. Uh, you know, the, like stress is stress. the obvious yeah. one. Yeah, yeah also, but they'll just call in the army. It'll be fine. Actually, I just saw before we started recording that um, apparently Boots is going to offer a 24 hours GP-like service. So you can go there, probably for just a small fee. I love to go and get something that's like medical attention. That's what I'm really needing when I'm like injured. I can't can't believe it's not medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I also have heard um, there is a particularly vicious super cold going around. Because the combination of everyone avoiding the cold for the past like two years, give or take, uh, coupled with the fact that the ones that have been out there continue to mutate, means there is a version of a cold going around that is like a mild flu at this point. And if you catch it, it's it'll called corona, out. isn't it? Uh, oh, don't, 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 don't encourage the COVID deniers, please don't. I'm hardly encouraging them. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't think the COVID denials are going to be that fucking big on the idea of there's a virus going around. (laughs) Alistair, have you been been listening to your dad or some shit, you know what I mean? Like, it's all all just a... (laughs) It's all just look, a fake, that's look, like scam. You fucking lay off my dad. He doesn't think coronavirus is fake. He just is <laughs> preparing for something. We like, don't genuinely, know what yet. Alistair. Like I think <laughs> your dad might have been like best off because like some of the other shit that's been going around. Like um, apparently, like three months ago by now, uh, a bunch of the supply chain industry chiefs were meeting with the government and they were warning about like impending shortages and critical supply chain issues, particularly around uh, HGV drivers, this is from the FT. However, Junior Minister for Transport, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte something rather, said the industry was... Charlotte Webb. Uh, I can't find her. It, so it, it doesn't matter. That's the amount of dignity and respect that she deserves. Yeah. She said that the industry was crying wolf and that the government... <laughs> Sorry, I just read in the notes. However, junior minister, Charlotte Minister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Maybe, 
maybe her name actually is Minister, and she got appointed Minister Minister because someone thought it <laughs> fucking nominative determinism <laughs> to, to balance out James cleverly. <laughs> but yeah, she also said that the government did, didn't want to create a panic by you know getting more HDVs drivers in on time. I love th- I love this fucking reasoning. Something might be going horribly wrong in this country, so we best not do anything in case people best panic. not tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Have you seen the British public, though? It, it is entirely fair to say that, like, you know what I mean? Oh, this might cause a panic. Is The answer is always yes when it's the British yeah. public. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know I, mean, I mean, sure, like, sure. But like one, pe- that... one petrol station ran out of petrol, and suddenly it's like fucking, do you know what I mean? Chivalry fucking, like, epics <laughs> on the folk, on the folk <laughs> up and down the nation. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you see that thing on the BBC where there were apparently like 20 guys driving, like tailgating uh, an HGV with fuel and they were just like driving after it the whole time waiting to see mm. where it would like... Oh, and it was yeah. full of cement or something. <laughs> it could be, yeah. I'm, d- I'm dubious of how fucking true a story like that is, to be honest. I, I believe it. I absolutely, I, believe, I absolutely it. believe it. Yeah. Um, also, my favourite bit of that entire saga so far is a guy who recorded a video of himself where he's going... My car runs on carrots because he's a horse. Uh, just like trolling the big queue of people as he rides by on his horse. Just like, <laughs> That's yes, very good. Em- reject modernity, embrace tradition, and feed it a sugar cube. It's all fun and games until your horse gets glassed. <laughs> <laughs> Someone slashed the hoofs of my horse. But yeah, uh, J- junior minister Charlotte Minister uh, did end up last week having to sign a letter begging uh, up to a million former HGV drivers to get their. Oh, job. is this the is this the Germans? Uh, yes, this is the Germans. This is this is the fucking greatest like thing I've yes. ever heard in my life. Like it's like yes. oh, we found a loophole where if you were given a, a German driving license before 1999. Then yes. you were you were you were legally allowed to drive HGVs. Uh, so a small to medium sized truck up to seven point five tons in particular. Yes. <laughs> we sent everyone in the country who has a German driving license issued before nineteen ninety nine a letter begging them to drive a lorry <laughs> yeah. And it's like why did you you're the government? Surely you could just go like, you know what? Fuck it. You can drive anyone wants to drive an HGV, they're allowed to drive an HGV. It's not like it would be any more like alarmist or worse than anything else they've fucking done. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do I do love the idea of like the German equivalent of Ethel, I don't know what that name would be is like, you know, gets a letter from the government one day. Yeah, exactly, right? And she kind of looks at a letter and goes, well I I wasn't thinking of it, but I suppose and like gets her best cardigan and goes out to drive an HGV The Guardian did actually talk to uh, I'll I'll quote this bit because it's fucking great because they found uh, a couple of Germans with settled status who got one of these letters. That sounds incredibly sinister when you put it like that, they found a couple of Germans (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest it's a bit late in the game to be doing another Operation Paperclip at this point (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> One 40-year-old German man who, along with his wife, received a copy of the letter at their London home on Friday morning, told The Independent, We were quite surprised. I'm sure paying conditions for HDV drivers have improved, but ultimately I have decided to carry on in my role at an investment bank. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Guardian shit ever. I love it. <laughs> So yeah, that's like just one part that's going incredibly well. And speaking of people that we're quite short on, farm workers and butchers are another category. Turkey processing is essentially down by 20 or 30%, depending on who you uh, believe. And that means that like, if you want to have turkeys for Christmas, they need to be bred and like raised 
pretty soon or now, essentially. Um, oh no, Rob, are you trying to tell me that these turkeys aren't coming home to roost? Because that feels like the punchline to this this story. <laughs> uh, well, I think traditionally chickens, but they are also short. It's the same problem, uh, essentially farm Well, I'm glad we sat butchers. down to analyse the specifics of that joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to be precise. It's always, it's always, it's always the fucking like classic bit on our podcast, isn't it? We do a joke and then we take it a fucking part to see what made it tick. <laughs> Aircraft crash investigators, but for jokes that we make ourselves. Yeah. Why don't we make the joke all out of the black box stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Alistair, could you unpack that one for me? Oh fuck's sake! Uh, no, I would, but I can't seem to get into the fucker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so apart from the turkeys, which are uh, not coming home to roost, neither are... Hey, hey that's pretty good. That's what you think of that yourself. <laughs> Comedy gold. Yeah, Absolutely like fantastic. <laughs> Try the feel, everybody. Uh, is there a fucking echo in here? What's if, going on? If there is still feel, because at this point in time, I'm not sure about that uh, either. Uh, because today uh, also is the, the gigantic pig slaughtering festival has begun. Um, because uh, farms are becoming too David crowded. Cameron must be turning over in... Oh, his baby's still alive. <laughs> but... Yeah, because of animal welfare rules, you can only keep so many pigs per square hectare. Um, and When you said um, big pig butchering festival, I thought it was going to be about like how everyone's like you know insulting the police on Twitter now. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the end of day, is that, you know? Like people just don't respect the Metropolitan Police anymore. But yeah, I mean, just to like, we're talking about 120,000 uh, healthy, entirely healthy animals that are just going to get slaughtered on site for no reason apart from that. So you're only allowed to have so many pigs per what hectare? Did you say? Yeah, or acre or whatever growth. You're you're free. You can use the imperial <laughs> system again. I'm, I'm a heck. I don't know what the fuck any of those things are to be honest. Like, but patch of land. If you, if you were if you were to build like a Minecraft style thing where you just stacked layers of pig farms <laughs> on top of each other, that would be illegal. Uh, yeah, that would be illegal, yes. Fucking honestly, the, the amount of red tape holding this country <laughs> back is just unbelievable. Actually, I don't think I don't think it measures things in like hectare by the cubit or something, so like we're probably okay <laughs> on that. Cubits. Yeah. Uh, we've also got these huge blocks of limestone that we need to move around. <laughs> no H no fucking HGV drivers to move those around either. It does distinctly feel like this is, you know, the same kind of conversations were happening on Easter Island back in the day. Just have, saying. Have they considered stacking like three of the pigs on top of each other in a trench court and having them drive a lorry? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but I don't think we're, that's going to be, uh, we're going to be much far behind well, that they one. Well, did, they did ask, but they said that they were too busy working their job in an investment bank, so... And, hey, and I, I, I do want to uh, stress that like this is not just like a Brexit, you know, no access to cheap European labor anymore. Uh, this is also because the amount of slaughterhouses we used to have uh, has been halved since about the year 2000. And the largest 11 slaughterhouses in the UK kill about 92% of all pigs. So if you take like the Rob, workforce... Are, out you, are you trying to tell me that the fucking contradictions have been heightened again? Yes, the contradictions are heightening again. That's essentially also a good name for this bit, uh, this segment. I just, I just love, I just love that we spent decades like sharpening our entire infrastructure and supply chain to the finest possible point, with like absolutely no like slack or room for like errors or anything. Just on the the absolutely fucking staggeringly like optimistic assumption that nothing would ever go wrong. Yes, I can't, I can't believe that didn't work. 
British optimism, Jamie, I mean, was, you can't beat it. It was the most efficient. It was certainly the most cost efficient to like literally chop the legs out of every and any kind of redund- re- redundancy or spare capacity the UK had. People that have done the best out of fucking the entirety of this, you know, like just in time delivery, all of that. It's just, you know, the vertical integration of Amazon is the, the obvious example. And everyone yeah. wants to be fucking Amazon, right? Yeah. Can the pigs retrain in cyber? <laughs> Well, it's too late if they fucking have retrained in cyber. They need to be HGG nah, drivers. They, they, they can't actually... They've been beaten to a punch. Long-term listeners will know that there is indeed a warehouse full of cows with VR sets on their heads. So <laughs> it's too slow. But yeah, don't worry about it because the army is now actually in the game. Uh, they're going to help start helping transport fuel from... <laughs> is that the army, the army by EA Sports? Yeah, the army has logged on. <laughs> I don't know, if you were looking for someone to replace a bunch of, like, ruthless slaughtering monsters, the army isn't perhaps the worst shout. Well, I like, I'd like to think people who work in abattoirs are a bit more I know, like, than huge, the fucking huge army. fucking slam on, like, butchers there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think the numbers were that we were, give or take, like, 100,000 HGV drivers short in general, uh, but the army's called in 100 uh, drivers, so don't worry about it, it's fine. Good! <laughs> so... <laughs> So, 0.1% of the problem solved. Exactly. <laughs> and apparently they have literally only just finished their training at, like, Hollier's site, so I'm not really sure how good they, they are going to be anyway. If they get every lorry driven by a soldier to pull, like, 999 other lorries behind it, <laughs> problem solved. No, it's, it's, it's easier Jamie, than that. Jamie, you've it's... invented a train. <laughs> unlike, unlike, <laughs> unlike civilian drivers, right, the military drivers, A don't have work week limits and b can be illegally meffed up so you know they'll be able to each of them will be able to do the work of 10 men right exactly well i mean as are hgv drivers anyway because they've extended the working hours of hgv drivers beyond you know the previous legal limit which was in place Ah. because of reasons of exhaustion anyway but don't worry about that that'll be fine just so next step meff basically no we can't afford that it's going to be a hat that slaps you every two minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and like the thing that's going to make that's that's partly influencing this and it's going to make everything like much worse is like there's huge problems right now in the global supply chain as well um specifically mm-hmm. to do with shipping and shipping containers oh is um, some cunt stuck in that canal again and <laughs> uh, no i mean canals aside i think i i was i was actually talking to someone the other day about uh like they work they like import stuff from like you know all over the world and all that shit and they were saying that it's gone from like 1500 dollars to ship yes. from one part of the world to the other to $15,000. So it sounds like it's going great. Yeah. Uh, The FT actually talked to one of the CEOs of one of the world's largest shipping uh, companies. And I'll just, I'll just read this as a quote. Um, If we leave this to the market economy, everything will, everyone finding their individual best solutions will result in more and more turmoil and an out of control situation. If we leave it to the market economy. Gee, almost as a problem in the market economy. So, are you are they saying that there should be some kind of plan? Yes, this is literally <laughs> one of the CEOs, of one of the largest shipping companies or transit companies, saying states should step in. It's, and- it's it, it makes perfect sense when you understand what the fuck this is, right? Like, just let me cut through the bullshit on this one for people because I'm really annoyed about it. what we've essentially done. Is we've said we can do all of our manufacturing in China or an equivalent kind of Southeast Asian country, basically. We can do the whole thing. So it doesn't matter what you're producing, it's a better idea to do it there. 
which means that okay you're getting the things that people normally need like pots and pans and various other like you know live your life shit and we're getting clothing and various other things too but also all the frivolous bullshit which you don't need to live all the stuff where it's like, you know, oh, keychains to be used at this, like, event and then, like, tossed in a drawer and forgotten about. All of that shit as well. Which means that suddenly, literally everything wants to go through these supply lines, and so that's what's driving the price, more or less. That and some fuel economic stuff, which isn't as important, frankly. And so what they're basically saying with this is, listen, we need to plan the economy so that the stuff that matters can actually get shipped. Having basically said that and all the other stuff, well, you know, there's no local capacity for it, so it's got to go through China as well. Uh, I guess that's just it. There's like, you know, basically what capitalism has done is it has dismantled its own productive base in the pursuit of short-termist economic solutions. And then as the contradictions have come home to roost, they basically said, oh, maybe we need to move to a planned economy so we actually have an economy left at the end of this. It's just absolutely obscene. But don't, but don't worry, James, the, uh, the, the British government, the Tory government is, is on the case. (laughs) I'm sure you're about to wow me. Yeah. The new line that's come up from Boris and Quasi Quoteng and the others is essentially this. Uh, this She's turned the contradictions against us. <laughs> <laughs> is um, essentially what we're experiencing now is the transition from a low-wage, low-skill migrant labor uh, country to a high-wage, skilled, question mark, question mark, British labor economy. And this is just oh, the cool. stage Can't between the wage. Um, You can't, I'm sorry, right, no. No, we're suffering material shortages and you can't, people can't eat money. Sorry, they can't eat money as the British government is going to find out in due No, course. but don't worry about it because Quasi Quateng thinks that this will only be a short period because there's lots of investment coming into the country because of Brexit. Mm-hmm. Okay, pressing, great. Pressing, pressing X to doubt here. Sorry. <laughs> and also, like, I mean, you, you know, James, with your addiction to food and nutrition, according to another Tory... Food and nutrition? Fucking... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'll Get be this person. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm, addi- I'm addicted to one of those things, my, my nutrition. Uh, maybe, maybe not so much that one, Rob, if you knew my diet. Uh, Tory MP Chris Loder, speaking this week at the Tory party conference at a fringe event, said, uh, this is a literal quote, it is in our middle and it is in our middle and long-term interest that the logistic change of supermarkets break down <laughs> it will mean that the farmer will be able to sell their milk in the village shop like they did decades ago oh, you know okay. what logistics it's bad actually putting <laughs> <laughs> and hollering in the background at this one like i did i did not know i did not know the tories had an anarcho-primitivist wing but sure great excellent <laughs> Disclaimer, yeah, just... anarcho primitivists are fucking morons. Yes. Anyway. I mean, essentially what we're talking about is all the chickens coming home to roost, like, at the same or time. none of them. <laughs> it's just, you know, the just-in-time supply chains, hyper-exploited labour, you know, previously courtesy of the EU and now courtesy of nowhere. Because, of course, like, this is a Tory party. They're not going to raise wages for, like, they're not going to get conditions good enough that British people want to work in slaughterhouses and pick fucking pumpkins and all that stuff. Like, that's not going to happen. Pick hey, no, 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 no. You say <laughs> this. You say this. They did implement a command economy to combat the fuel shortage. Yeah, that's true. They did lift competition law. <laughs> oh.
Next up, the Kulaks. You're out. Except, except, <laughs> right, okay, David, cut it a second. That's an insult to the Anthem because we didn't actually institute command economy. That's not quite what we did. No. Right? Um, what they did is they said, oh, wow, if we leave this up, like, we have anti-competition, sorry, we have pro-competition laws, anti-collusion laws, and if we leave these in place, then they're not going to be able to coordinate to meet what's required. And the net result will be that it'll disrupt prices. What we'll instead do is we'll allow them to coordinate with each other. We'll allow them to literally collude in a cartel, a cartel with each other. Yeah, yeah that, that's what we did. It's not a command economy when it's a cartel. They are distinct things. But, I mean, you know. Apart from anything else, because I, I, I spent some time thinking about this over the break as well. Like, the serious point here is, of course, is that this is not just... <laughs> Sorry, I do like the image of Rob just being like... Huh, this country sure is fucked up. Lovely hills, though. <laughs> it is lovely hills, and it is a fucked up country. These things are both true. But the, if you look at, you know, this is not just simply a thing of Brexit, regardless of what all the idiots on Twitter are trying to tell each other, is that essentially I think this is very much a problem of the neoliberal state, which is not a doer, it's it's a, a contracting agent, it's a letting agent. In, in a system where the state doesn't do anything, it just sees itself as connecting different parts of the private market. You know, people want houses, so it's not the job of the state to build them. It's the job of the state to connect people with landlords and builders, but never t t to do anything, you know. Uh, over time, and since Reagan and Thatcher, for sure, and since Blair and Cameron and all that, you know, government isn't the solution, it's the problem. So the state keeps retreating and retreating and retreating into its role as essentially like a fucking letting agent, sort of sitting in the middle and allowing bits of the private market to connect with each other and to help those along with gigantic gobs of, of state money. And this, of course, the, uh, this is, of course, the, the ideological nature of neoliberalism, i.e. the state shouldn't exist, it should be in the way, and also because it's incredibly profitable to a lot of people on the inside of this, both on the public and the private side to sell off the family silver which is what we've done like everywhere but it's it's i think genuinely if you look at the uk now genuinely i think this has gone way too far and into a place where essential government work is like gone and the supply yeah. chain is so thinly managed that it it can no longer be brought back by those in power because they don't think that it is their role. That's what you saw in the Labour conference yeah. as well. They don't see it as their role anymore to to be anything else but like a slightly more efficient uh, uh, letting agent with, with a rosette on. So, so like, I think you're mostly right, Rob. I've also been thinking about this, and I think there's, there's two parallel strands going on here which you put together that explain all of this. And part of it is you're, you're bang on, right? It's that governments don't see themselves as governing, right? They don't understand that. Essentially, you, you've got that contradiction that you need a government to create a market because a market does not enforce itself. Otherwise, it devolves straight into, you know, might makes right sort of bullshit. And so you need a government to actually create and enforce and patrol a market. But as soon as that government then becomes captured by market forces, which the government refused to intervene in, then those very same market forces will begin to dismantle the very market that they require to live. And that's like a major contradiction that's coming home to roost. But the other side is, you said it just there, the government, like, they've cut away the things that they needed. Essentially, the British state ceded the actual operational effective part of governance, what little remained of it, to Europe. And, and to fired the, all the people. Yeah. yeah, and fired all the people who used to do it. And then since withdrawing from Europe, they haven't, they, they can't replace it. All the anti-competition stuff, all the stuff that actually made markets work is in Europe. Like that, they did that yeah. for Britain. But and I mean, Britain has basically yeah. went, we want none of that. 
and 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 didn't replace it with anything. And if you, I think if you look at some of the stuff that we were just talking about, like the the the, the fuel crisis, the gas crisis, Corona, the holes in the NHS, the holes in the food supply chain, uh, Southern Waters like dumping massive volumes of sewage water again, despite getting that multi multi million pound fine. I think these are like gouges far beyond. I think that most of us saw coming in like the bedrock of like core state functioning. And I think other examples of this, we talked about different aspects of it before, right? Uh, uh, the Ajax, you know, we can't produce a single fucking tank anymore. The carriers are stupid. Like all this stuff is, is the result of a totally dysfunctional by design government that, that only sees itself as like a poor overseer of private contract. And I think yeah. these crises have started stacking and they will continue to stack because not only is there no real watchman, if even if there was one, even if, you know, let's say Labour came in and they sort of thought we're doing a thing, they wouldn't consider it to be their job. They would just say yeah. they would just double down on more markets, but just a little bit nicer. And like they, they, they are fundamentally incapable of doing what needs to be done, which is to come in and clear out rents. And, and, and I don't do just something. mean like rent. Yeah, I, I, I don't oh, just mean clear rent. Out rent. <laughs> right. OK, right. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I don't just mean in terms of like housing market rents. Well, yes, that's a huge and fundamental part of this. Is our society is now riddled with people who collect a paycheck because structurally they're the person who gets to collect a paycheck. Yeah, and uh, like the the, the 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 Ajax is a perfect example of this. We have an entire industry that doesn't actually produce, but has set itself up in a cushy position where it gets to collect a check from a government because it's the person that does that. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, and, like, and when the shit hits the fan, and it turns out that these you know, people who just collect the check can't do anything. That's where you get this now, like the, the stuff with the HDV drivers, right? Or, or all the shit during Rona. Essentially what this is, and I'm not, I don't think I'm kidding about this. I think genuinely, this is the state scrambling around for like a plumber at 2 a.m. You know, yeah. and the water mains are broken, but all the, you know, nobody's picking up, but everybody says, oh, it'll be two months from now. Like this is the state is now you looking to find a plumber at 2 a.m. But there isn't one because this isn't like it, it's not a toilet to fix. These are state functions as have been left to go to like rack a ruin for Christ knows how long now. And I, I'm not joking when I say I don't know, certainly in the case of the UK, where this ends because there's a government that also is ideologically opposed to doing something about this. I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I really wasn't joking earlier when I said societal collapse. This is societal collapse, and it's in progress, and I don't think it gets better from here without titanic political efforts on behalf of like both like excellent and scary people, depending on which direction you want to put it in. Essentially, it's it's really going to be socialism versus barbarism, and it's going to happen at a breakneck speed. I mean, some. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, this is the point where I be, where I say I genuinely don't know because the other part, and that is the irritating thing about capitalism, that it is incredibly resilient and adaptive, and it does find its way around shit. It's so maybe it does persist, and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll there'll be some way where you know the engine gets switched on and enough of the treats come flowing back into the country that it sort of marginally works but at a slightly lower pitch and people accept it like i don't think this is like a a straight road from here to like children of men or something you know like i don't well, think no, it's I mean, that, that's but... well, well here's the thing that the scenario you described it's, you know capitalism manages to switch stuff back on i think that's to do that i think you're looking at fascism 
Basically. Oh yeah, that's that's an option for sure. Like I don't know. only Britain is this normal. Yeah, essentially. Um it's it's pretty grim and it's it's not looking great. No. Well, um shall we cheer us up? Uh I have an article read for you because there's a class of people out there, a a, a new man, a homo novus if you will, um that is all Oh, is this about the sigma male? <laughs> in a way, indeed, yes we are. Because there was an article, it was indeed on the front cover of the uh, new statesman last week. Uh I don't know if you saw it. Um Oh no. I forgot <laughs> this was yeah, the article I I keep up to date with the cover of the New Statesman. I actually know what this one is, and I'm filled. My my <laughs> premeditative bl- dread was I unfounded. Am, I am blissfully oblivious and skipping gaily towards the waiting bear trap. Let's go, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, just crack on. I, I don't think it's going to be as bad as you make out. Like. All right. Uh, the, the, piece, the piece is called The Spirit of the Age, Why the Tech Billionaires Want to Leave Humanity Behind. <laughs> the flesh is weak. <laughs> they must f- flee their mortal shell. Did we not? Did we not cover this already? Uh, no, not in. This I remember we way. like you read something out where some guy was wanking off Elon Musk. Oh no, that that was just that specific <laughs> no, this... horrifying defense of Elon Musk. This is a this is a much more wide ranging and hellish yeah. piece. Uh, this is written by a guy called Bruno Machais. I pr- apologize for the pronunciation. He was the don't port- apologize to this fucker. Well, I just don't port- apologize for the for the speak for those who speak Portuguese. I I do mind when I butcher other people's languages. So I you know it's merely for that. Um, yeah, apart oh, no, from no, no, English. No, like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> no, don't give me. Uh, don't get me wrong. But Portuguese deserves respect, but the person who wrote this article Does not, doesn't. No. Um, he was the. So European... anyway, this article's by like Terry Piss Christ or something. Carry on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the subheading is Jeff Bezos and his contemporaries are using their fortunes to achieve godlike ambitions for the future. Oh, that's that's a re- re- reassuring headline. Them. I'm loving. Sorry, let me just pause a second. I am loving the juxtaposition of everything we've just spoken about with this. Yes. It's yes. Perfect. <laughs> Keep going, Rob. Essentially, um, he begins with some some guffy sites, some authors, essentially stating that we are at the dawn of a new age of technology where we might literally have the chance to live forever, but that only oh, we, might rich finally, ones, so. we might finally get jetpacks. <laughs> Do you know what this is? This is the bit in the, like, you know, you know how you got those big curves of markets before there was a massive market crash, and the very last thing before the crash comes in is new paradigm. That's where we're at. Yeah. That's exactly I, I, what this is i do not know that all right let me let me start reading now um by combining the possibilities of money and technology tech billionaires may claim to be the to be represent the highest human type today different what is, what is human what? type what? what does that mean some exactly? kind of some kind of overarching human some kind of ubermen yes what, what do you mean by combining the powers of like money Captain and technology? Planet? Did what? he mean like hmm? paying for technology? Because I think we already do that. <laughs> no, they have a lot of money, money, and also technology. Money. Wish <laughs> <laughs> we get yeah. names for it now. They got it from the Transformers and their Monogon cubes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, Alistair, in answer to your question. 
are they are they are they going to invent smart money and it's like a fiver, but the like whoever whatever oh, whatever pricks on the back of a fiver now like smiles at you. Jamie, they've already got that. It's called Bitcoin. Yeah, the the, the highest on. the highest human types is like a thing. Uh, he says the Middle Ages were the ages of the saint. The Renaissance oh, were the like, age of is the this explorer. Like that fucking guy. That guy on Twitter the other day sharing like the chart that showed you like what you like what fucking job you would do based on your eye color or something. Very <laughs> close to that. Because that was incredible, and what was what was absolutely fucking amazing about that was phrenology for the Dulux dog. There was a single <laughs> color of eye at the top of the chart where it was like this this like fucking is the rarest person. They are like god kings who walk among men. That was basically my eye color. So I was like, I think you've got that fucking wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just on my way to define an era as we speak, you know what I mean? It's all I did last weekend. I defined like three years before fucking Saturday was over. But yeah, essentially, uh, we now live in the age of the billionaire because they, they are the highest human type available uh, today. Different epochs produce different forms of social organization, different artistic styles, different technologies. Do they also create different human types? How would you describe our historical period, the age of the smartphone, the age of the internet, or the age of the billionaire? The age of the age of the fucking clown journalist would be how I would describe it like. <laughs> like presumably there's a circus somewhere that like collided with a fucking you know what I mean, with a writing class and just it's just shitting these fucking clowns out at a rate of knots. When did young when did young boys stop wanting to be like Captain Cook and start dreaming of becoming a revolutionary, such as the eighteenth century French Frenchman Jean Paul Marat or the nineteenth century Italian Giuseppe Garibaldi? Today they want to be the New Musk. But, but, no, right, has sorry. Musk has Musk got a biscuit named after him? <laughs> <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go go down the shop and ask for a, like a packet of musks, would you? <laughs> like, yes, okay. One one minor thing: we do indeed live in the age of oligarchs, except that's not like we're, we're talking about structure. This is this is great men of history shit. Isn't it is it, very much great men of history yeah, shit. Yeah, love this I mean, shit. this Let's human go. this human type shit. Like, it, it sounds like it was written by a senator from the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> the ruling human type in each historical period has. <laughs> was this written by Magneto? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Remember, Magneto is like the uh, the rebel, the the up, the person who's doing the uprising, etc. Is this just? Is this just like it's not racism if you call people types instead of races? <laughs> is that what? They, that's what this fucking idiot okay, is getting at. Okay, let's let's test this, Rob. Can I make? It's a not phrenology. You? I've used the spreadsheet. <laughs> Rob, can I make a request? A request <laughs> for you. It. As you're reading the rest of this article, could you substitute race for type, please? Uh, well, it doesn't quite work. No, I I, I, I won't do that. It's close, but it then, Coward. Yeah. doesn't fucking choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> should we should we write our own article and just talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or should we talk about one of those eras that Jamie's defined? I'll make yeah. the wiki. <laughs> I, 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 one, of, one of the eras I defined was the era of talking about the Bond film on the podcast. Rob, <laughs> no. take it away. The ruling human type in each historical period has taken over from the previous one the task of moving history forward. The saint, uh, the explorer, the lonely I, scientist. I don't... The revolution. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to school this guy, like or anyone, on anything particularly. But history just moves forward. Do you know what I mean? That's how time yeah. works. Oh, this is. You don't um, need. You don't need a guy to get out and push it from the back. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 am, I am. 
I am missing Eleanor Yanagoth of this section so hard. Like, uh, Jesus. They seem to be on the right side of his. Uh, they seem to be existing on the right side of history in areas where action is both possible and productive. It is difficult to speak of revolutionaries in ancient Greece and might be just as difficult to find a genuine exemplar of the revolutionary alive today. At least outside of I mean, China. I think I think they've got one of them like in a in a fucking tomb in like Moscow somewhere, <laughs> haven't they? What's what's this what's this shit about like not not being able to find any revolutionaries in ancient Greece? What about like that fucking that lad that lived in the jog? <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't remember his fucking name for some reason. Well, because I've got brain problems, but <laughs> Diogenes. Was it Diogenes? Yes, Diogenes. He did live in a yeah. barrel. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was a revolutionary, wasn't he? Yeah, no, but he wasn't because he wasn't the right uh, human type. Oh, too old. Where where there is a where there is a ruling human merely a featherless biped. Where there is a ruling human type, there is history to be made. But each type belongs to their historical period and cannot survive for long once history has moved on. Is this guy thinking of like lizards or something? Yes, do you know what I mean. It sounds like like you've got all these lizards, but they all have to exist in their own terrarium with their own special fucking like environment. (laughs) Just take one one out and yeet it into the bath for an hour; it might die. (laughs) It's 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 very stupid. It is both. It is basically Galt's Gulch kind it of, is. you know, John Galt come. John, 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 John Galt. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, sure. John Galt, Space Marine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, previously untrammeled. This is John Galt speaking. <laughs> If we if we ask about the distinctive human type today, the main candidate is the tech billionaire. The billionaire is not the same as a tycoon. As a type, it expresses a radical individualism that would shock the old captains of industry. One wants the billionaire to have whims and personal drama. When Musk smoked marijuana as a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast in 2018, yeah, it, was act, it was an act of liberation, but also an educational moment. What? What? <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing anyone got educated, but like as a result of that fucking spectacle, was how much of a goober he looks like, <laughs> smoking a fucking blunt. I was gonna reinvent the era, but then I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get the space contracts, but then I got high. The billionaire seems to have been granted a particular license to be him or herself, to express themselves fully. That cannot be account of their billions. Carnegie and Rockefeller had had equivalent worth, but they were serious and sober. They they did not speak for technology and much less for history. This this genuinely this genuinely reads like like some sort of like really really weird like RPG rule book or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. no, well, I mean, it's literally it's explaining a setting to you. Yeah, uh, that, that's fucking what it's world doing. building, but for real life, incredible. Yes, <laughs> yes. Just drop drop enough acid and accidentally confuse the GURPS rule for the Bible <laughs> or some shit. You know what I mean? And- the contemporary billionaire, by contrast, has projects or missions and seems connected to higher aspirations of mankind. Oh. Space exploration for Musk. Space and eternal life for Jeff Bezos. Universal democracy for Mark Zuckerberg. Or Twitter's Jack Dorsey. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
am I? Wow. So he's bought, he's he is completely disconnected, not just from historical fact, but from contemporary fact. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Love it. And and from his office as well. <laughs> <laughs> and from his wife in certain cases. <laughs> the the billionaire as an ideal type is also a founder in the mythology created around the people such as Zuckerberg or, or Bezos. They received a mandate from heaven, unequivocally expressed in an organic in an original intimation of their future. And they went What? <laughs> Amazing <laughs> mandate um, from heaven. Yes. The so, oligarch the oligarchs have a mandate from heaven. Unironically. Yes. <laughs> On top, on top of all of that, they get plus three on saving throws versus poison. <laughs> and they went through a series of trials meant to test that intimation, almost like chiv- chivalric knights of the old Arthurian novels. Or modern <laughs> petrol court. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so hang on, let me get this straight. Zuckerberg's quest for the metaverse is basically the modern quest of the grail when you think about it. Oh no, the, the, the Zuck- Zuckerberg's grail myth uh, is coming up. In one popular account, Zuckerberg was tempted to sell Facebook to Yahoo in 2006 for the incredible sum of a billion dollars. He was 22 at the time and stood to gain 300 million. As a former employee put it recently, how could he say no? But according to the myth, Zuckerberg knew something others did not. He had seen the future. By 2006, he knew exactly where Facebook would be 10 years later. Fucking uh-huh. all gonna fucking... Because if, like if there's one person who could have... Who would have seen his own future in like 2002 and decided, yeah, I want that. It's Mark. I look like I've just shat a ghost Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen anyone who looks less happy, like in a proportion, like sort of proportionally to the amount of fucking money and power they ostensibly have. And he just looks like someone's pissed directly into his breakfast every day of his life for the past twelve years. Whenever, whenever someone brings up like this, the mythos of Mark Zuckerberg, I just my mind immediately goes to that video of him eating a piece of toast very normally. (laughs) Yeah, it's um the thing about Mark Zuckerberg is right. Obviously, he has image management which can't fucking work because he's a weirdo. But the thing about him is he's a fuck he's a fucking classical statue bust kind of reply guy weirdo on Twitter. That's who he actually is. He continually compares himself to the Roman Emperor Augustus. That's why he's got such a shitty haircut. It's Augustus's haircut. No, I am not making this up. This is actually on record, right? And so he's continually miserable because he's going, oh, well, what have I really achieved? My empire is ashes in my hands compared to the great golden glory where is my legacy and I must become following in the path of Augustus. Like, that's actually how this cycle thinks. Yeah, okay, so, but that's like, it, it, it's what's wrong with the modern world is that, like, computers, do you know what I mean? Like, computers are just everywhere and do everything and we should never have ever, like, gone beyond, like, DOS do you know what I mean? Computers are shit, and we shouldn't trust them to do fuck. Oh all. no, Jamie's but, Jamie's but worried instead, about Cylons. Instead, mm-hmm. we let we let computers take over every aspect of our life, and therefore, by necessity, <laughs> like just depended on nerds who know how to program computers. And speaking as a fucking nerd who knows how to program a computer, you should not trust any <laughs> single person I've ever met with the same skill set as me to do fucking anything. <laughs> they are like absolutely fucking like. They are just like minor cosmic horrors to a man. 
you're, you're right. You're right, Jamie. The, uh, the the material conditions and material mode of production we're engaged upon is indeed alienating ourselves from our labor, our sense of self, and our very life. But at the same time, I've already made my opinion on anarcho primitive as clear this episode. So I don't. I don't know what any of that means. I'm just saying we shouldn't have trusted like the entire free world to a man who started a website just so that he could like perv on women. <laughs> The billionaire seems best defined as a person with enough money to change the world. The only Does the billionaire perhaps seem best defined as a person who has a billion or more dollars? <laughs> <laughs> the only human being able to rise above the logic of capitalist circulation and become the heir to the revolutionary. Capitalist circulation? Amazing! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I knew this piece would give you an aneurysm. Fantastic! <laughs> Primitive ac- accumulation? No. Capitalist circulation? <laughs> yes. Amazing! But because every human type is by definition an ideal, existing billionaires are permanently under the threat of failing to live up to their own status. What? What? Some embrace the failure, listening to Warren Buffett and some other fuckhead attack Bitcoin at a recent public session, I could not repress the thought. So many billions and so little interest in acting in history, just the little game of capital <laughs> accumulation, money creating more money, the product being merely a thing. There we go, this 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 lad's a Bitcoin guy. Suddenly yep. it all makes at sense. At the opposite end stands Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin, <laughs> whose net worth is forever frozen in the blockchain, not to be used except as pure symbol, a rallying cry for historical change. No wonder Buffett called Bitcoin disgusting and contrary to the interests of civilization. That's a, that's a really long-winded way of saying he forgot his password to get into his wallet and now that money just lost forever. Yeah. <laughs> or or he's dead. <laughs> guy's dead. Like, he, he's dead. There's, there's a pretty good indication that he was an Australian guy and he is dead. And so he never got to collect on his scam. <laughs> For some reason that pest. just sounded like you were saying that all Australians are now dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give it ten years. In the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita... No! No, this fucker does not get to do this! He does not get to do it! No! No, he does not! Are there some golden tablets that someone's going to read from? (laughs) No, but there are some very, very oddly simple yet intricate shapes about to appeal. I'm certain of it. No, 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 no. The Bhagavad Gita is a genuinely moving human epic that has profound insight into the nature of being a human being in the world, right? It is legitimately something quite powerful, and I hate whatever this fucker is about to do with it. Go! (laughs) But have you considered that it might might be a guide to which type of human is best suited to get out of history and push? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because otherwise we're never going to get over this fucking, like, time hill. (laughs) Well, uh, to to be fair, to be fair, every work is a product of its time. And indeed, the Bhagavad Gita does have an awful lot about the case system. So you're not entirely wrong. But at the same time... I can't believe you've just cancelled the guy. When am I ever entirely wrong? Do you know what I mean? I could could literally tell you the sky was like green and people would, like someone on this podcast would go, well, actually. (laughs) Uh, In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna takes his pupil through a painful learning process with two main discoveries. First, that human action for the sake of individual goals such as pleasure or money is ultimately void of value. Second, that and over- second pellet penicillin. Second, that <laughs> overcoming these personal goals does not mean replacing them with quiet contemplation or mystical experience. They should be replaced with historical action, effect by the individual to become that the carrier is- of large historical process in his or her that action. That is not what. 
This that is the question means... the figure of the tech billionaire that's, that's, poses. That's not what it means. That's not what any of that means. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is just this is just this guy screaming about how no one's going to remember him when he's dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah, this basically is. And I cannot stress enough how much that's not the lesson of the Bhagavad Gita. It's not any of the lessons of Bhagavad Gita that Jesus fucking Christ. This is the question of the figure of the tech billionaire. Does any other actor have the same ability to act in history? Or is anyone else at greater <laughs> risk of wasting that ability? Oh, Do you know no, what it no. is? I think, right, I think in like... It, you know what I mean? In the incredibly outside chance that human society like survives and endures, that in like another thousand years or whatever, kids growing up are going to give more of a shit about Vikings than they do about tech billionaires. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Vikings are just infinitely cooler and they didn't invite, invent self-combusting cars, you know? <laughs> That's part of why they're infinitely cooler, to be fair. Do you know what to, I mean? To, to basically, what he just said there was, I mean, let's be real, in this day and age, does anyone else have a greater capacity to fuck around and find out than billionaires? <laughs> well, the state, like, you've just seen the fucking corona pandemic. You've just seen the Chinese state doing, you know, shit every fucking day. The state is much bigger than any of these assholes if they choose to act on it. Yeah, but can the state, like, do history actions? <laughs> Facebook I don't know, you have to turn to page 435 yeah. <laughs> Paragraph 4 Facebook, Tesla, SpaceX and Amazon Want to change the world Creating new experiences that were once oh, no, why, what? Oh, This fucking obsession With the idea of changing the fucking world Which is just a total fucking fiction Which was uh, satirised Pretty well in um, uh... All the billionaires, all the Bitcoin guys, and all the fucking computer people just get in your rockets and fuck off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And we'll just we'll just make the we'll make do with whatever's left behind. We'll make yeah. the best of it. I'm sure we'll find a way to go on, as heartbroken as we'll be. It's a psychological <laughs> mechanism because, on some level, they know the world is shit. But by making change, it can be made better. Never stopping destructive habits. It's all. It never. It's never as simple as stop doing that. It's always got to be, oh, we've got to do something else, and it's... Oh. No, well, it's like it's like the fucking... It's like that, that thing I mentioned earlier with the big, like, fucking, like, giant dishwasher in Iceland that's going to clean the atmosphere or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, I did the math they, on that, by the way. You need about three million of those facilities plus well, to be able to do the, any good. They built the thing, and it's like, you know, oh, it's the biggest, like, carbon, like, absorbing fucking thing we've ever built in, in the world, and it, like, it makes like no fucking dent at all in the emissions no, and also the also it's effectively carbon neutral because we like you know we pull like one ton a year out of the atmosphere and we sold that to some prick that burns trees for a living <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that that's the thing it's like you can do all the carbon capture you want if you don't stop carbon emissions then it's not going to work and also no you just tell you just patiently explain to nature the, like, you know, yes, we've, like, fucking, we've burnt, like, you know, we started forest fires every year, and, like, you know, we're all gonna, we, but we can't all be going to die, because, like, actually, we used carbon credits to fucking destroy Greece <laughs> or whatever. Facebook, Tesla, SpaceX, and Amazon want to change the world, creating new experiences that were once the preserve... No mention, no mention for Virgin Galactic there. That were once the preserve of science fiction, a privatized global financial system, the colonization of space, advanced AI, or... Autonomous cars that can be summoned across the country using a mobile phone, swarms of delivery drones, and an interface linking the human brain to the internet through a surgical procedure, 
I mean, the number of fucking citations needed in that goddamn paragraph. As Musk describes in his Neuralink project, we will painlessly <laughs> laser drill the holes into the skull, p- place the threads, plug the hole with the sensor, and then you go oh, home. Oh, man. Hey, who, who remembers that time that uh, Elon Musk said the windows on that van couldn't be broken? <laughs> Elon Musk's Neuralink project is my great hope for the future because it is going to be so fucking funny when he kills some fucking prick. <laughs> We're just gonna laser a small hole. Oh fuck! That's come out. That's come out of his chin. Is that meant to happen? No, right. You say this, right? But of all the people who are gonna get that, they're the same ones that are on Twitter every day defending the cars that keep trying to kill them. So when yeah. those people are lobotomized, no one will fucking notice. Gonna be really funny when he, like, you know what I mean? He turns on the laser drill, and the the volunteers suddenly become Cyclops from the X Men. <laughs> 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 gonna be fucking incredible and it's just he's gonna kill so many people before he even gets to the stage where he staples a fucking like like zx spectrum processor <laughs> into the fucking brain pan or whatever the fuck he's trying to do so in creating that x-man is that him actually finally becoming the, the right human type yeah because you can't say that won't affect history you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. And also, like, this is just trepanning again. This, art- you know? this article's great. I don't know what the fuck you lot were all twisting about before we started reading it. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's horrible, but it's good. <laughs> I mean, and also, like, the, the, the whole Neuralink thing, this is just trepanning. This is literally just drilling a hole in your skull to let the, let the rays of the world in. It's trepanning, but they also, like, you know, jam, like, a fucking microchip in there so you can play Jet Set Willy in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Bezos, in addition to chairing the Amazon board, runs a space. You know what would be even funnier would be if the Neuralink it, like apps actually works and is like fucking amazing. And when they put it in a monkey to test it, the monkey kills everyone and takes over the planet. That would just be that would just be like perfect. You know what I mean? I for one would welcome our new monkey overlords. <laughs> Gonna call Does that he? monkey Mojo Jojo. I'm too old to get that reference. Well, I'm sure the listeners will enjoy it. Among the ideas Blue Origin has considered... Get off this... my lawn, quite frankly. <laughs> <For my> sake. <laughs> Can I just say, Rob, Rob, I love you how you kept persisting through and just attempting to yeah, claw your I way mean, up hell. You should know Sisyphus. by now it's only going to make me worse. Yeah, know, Sisyphus with an article read. Fantastic. Among the ideas Blue Origin has considered is settlement of artificial habitats in orbit around the Earth, each of them with a potential population of one million. Some will be manufacturing <laughs> Some will be manufacturing world, others nat- natural parks, while others will be uninhabited and contain polluting industry. Since space Why can't why can't these fucking cunts just play Stellaris like the rest of us? I know we always I always feel like I'm bringing up Stellaris because literally <laughs> everything they everything they bring up is every fucking sci-fi cliche that you could possibly fucking think of and it's always like just nothing. See what like, it is though. You have to imagine Stellaris probably isn't as fun if instead of playing it directly yourself, you've got like a team of fucking people that you tell what you want to happen, like on Time Commanders or some shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they play it for you. Because that's how, that's the only way they could get anything done. I'm going to be real. I honestly think, just like serious comment for a second, I seriously think that the sci fi writers of like the 60s onwards, who are all fucking misogynist right wing just arseholes and the sci-fi industry was really dominated by these fuckers you go back and read foundation all the rest of them it's full of some absolutely atrocious garbage political shit i honestly think they've done more damage to the future of the human race than many 
other storytellers in any other epoch, right? Because it's even even fucking the best stuff that's come out of sci-fi I'd, as a result. I don't know, like, um, the Game of Thrones guys were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, the Game of Thrones guys aren't offering a vision of the future that credulous nerds growing up have entirely accepted, along with its subconscious political input. And are now using that to define what the future of the world should be. That's what this shit is. Even with like, even right, Bezos presume according to 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 story, he was really taken by Ian M. Banks's writing, and Ian M. Banks basically wrote liberal dystopias under the veneer of like utopia, and uh, it's, it's left that kind of impact on okay, but, like our I, collective psyches. Jeff Bezos looking at the Space Marine in that meme. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like wow, cool robot. <laughs> That's kind of it, though. That's it. Is all of these, all of these guys and their followers have all read all that shitty, terrible, regressive, awful, oafish sci-fi, and they've went, "Wow, cool robots!" And in saying "cool robots," they've taken on board all of regressive politics and said, "Yeah, that's how the world should be. Let's make it so." But yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, can you imagine if, like, if the sixties they'd written like a bunch of fucking sci-fi novels about Elon Musk? Do you know what I mean? Like, no one would have read that shit. No one's, no one's sitting around looking at like looking at those novels and going, "Wow, cool flaming car." No, but here's the thing: they, they, <laughs> they kind of did. They wrote novels about the mythology that Elon Musk is trying to play to. The arrow coming out of it and going over his head is the car is on fire. <laughs> So the question arises, should a modern society use its powers against those whom we expect to bring about the greatest historical transformation? Are we still talking about X-Men here? Should it strive to keep these things as they are, or should it give those people free reign with all the dangers that it could carry for democratic and social values? Uh, Dude, dude, I I hate to break it to you, my writer article guy, but... um, you're wrong <laughs> about literally everything and you need to be like given a cup of tea and sat down in a nice padded room <laughs> and yes we need to lock up all the billionaires and expropriate their wealth and use it to not keep things as they are but undo the damage they've done already it is and, october and, and invent x-men it is october 1917 it is october 1917 <laughs> In in Europe, people ca- cash out instead of becoming billionaire human sky gods. They are. They... <laughs> I'm summarizing a little bit. Is this that? Is not Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. And, I was and, about and, to and say a little bit. Yeah, just like <laughs> strange tonal whiplash. <laughs> Oh, sure, just going to say the quiet part out loud, okay. In Europe, people cash out instead of becoming billionaire sky gods. They're off, quote, having romantic affairs and meeting interesting people, end quote. Instead of becoming sky gods, they give their money to a bank, which gives it to investors, which give it to a brilliant investor who sells off again to have affairs and meet interesting people, etc., etc. This is an eternal recurrence. Billionaires are supposed... no. no. No, you don't get to drop Nisha in there. Sorry. Yeah, but he does. Um, Billionaires are supposed to break that cycle. This is back in writing. They have as that's not how it works. You don't even understand. Never mind. Sorry. They have as much money as an investment fund or a portfolio of investors, but they are human beings with passions and dreams and images of the future they want for themselves and others. Images of the future, like a fucking yeah, one of those one of those those fucking street pictures that you get where uh, they. Paint like spray paint around a bowl and shit. That's the fucking image of the future. I then go, cool. 
the problem the problem the problem with billionaires is that they're just normal fucking people like maybe we'd be better off if they were like x-men or whatever the fuck he's talking about you know what i mean if like to become a billionaire you had to be a better type of person with like you know like longer legs and could jump (laughs) higher or whatever the fuck you know what i mean like but it, it's not. It's just normal people, like, and they they inherit usually a, like a huge amount of money, and then they just go completely fucking insane <laughs> from like trying to cope with normal human anxieties, while the entire world like fucking like sucks your dick and goes, "Wow, you're the future." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like Elon Musk isn't built to cope with that. That's why he's such a fucking absolute shambles of a man. <laughs> Basically, yes. Every ruling, t- every ruling type is a bridge between two historical epochs. The saint was the bridge between the classical and medieval worlds. Navigators and explorers such as Columbus were the bridge between the medieval and the modern world. The revolutionary was the bridge between the modern and the contemporary world. As for the tech billionaire, he or she stands on the threshold of a future technological world, holding the promise or the threat to take us across. But the path is narrow. I'm sorry, did that guy, did did I like fucking disassociate there or did that guy just cite Christopher Columbus as like a force for good? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Christopher Columbus was the bridge between the medieval and the modern world, Jamie. Well, fucking burn it down. (laughs) Yes. Is it too late to dream of a modern society that has all kinds of wondrous technology at its disposal and never ceases to invent new ones? That also yes, remains yeah. committed to the question of what human life is for and how human yes. beings should live without... Yeah, definitely don't yes. ever ask what these fucking te- wondrous technologies are actually used for. Let's also just, what they uh, are. It's just, just... jetpacks. <laughs> these, uh, these fucking... You know what? There is one insight I've gleaned from this article, which is the, the realisation that billionaires basically are, are, are tolerated and trade entirely on their ability to play to hauntology. <laughs> That's what this fucking is. Yes. You know? It's, it's desire, it's nostalgia for a future that could never have existed and is now dead, is what Elon Musk and all the others are trying to keep people yeah. in line with. If Elon Musk was really like the, the, the real world Tony Stark, then the Happy Mondays would be cutting about in a flying car like the Jetsons by now. <laughs> At one extreme, technology is opposed from above. Society is ruled according to a single dominant vision of the future and moves in a predetermined direction. Liberal political societies are fragmented and diverse, with social forces moving in different directions, often resulting in a noisy and agitated state of paralysis. But authoritarian societies can move in unison. In this case, the transition to a technological world leads to the disappearance of human autonomy and freedom. At the other agitated, end, agitated he... paralysis sounds like a, a side effect you'd get on something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, oh, I'm taking these tablets to help me sleep, and I've suddenly come down with agitated paralysis. <laughs> also, something that's in a state of paralysis can, by definition, not be noisy and agitated. It's just, that's not how words work. Jesus Christ. Uh, what a wonderful publication the new state is. <laughs> mm. Worth every fucking penny. At the other extreme, technology becomes... Wait, you've got to pay for this shit. Yes. I mean, I mean, fuck unless you, you get, unless you uh, do like the five free articles or whatever the fuck, but yeah, j- typically. I, I mean, I sacrificed one of my free five free articles, and I think you can all agree this is worth it. <laughs> I mean, are you like are you likely to see are you likely to see any use from the other four? <laughs> <laughs> for this fucking podcast, yes, I will. I think it's I think it's time we went back to the old statesman. <laughs> <laughs> James has uh, some feelings about going back to that. At the other, uh... at the other extreme, technology becomes the object of social and political resistance, even widespread suspicion. 
tech entrepreneurs are forced to cede control of their core activities to society. This would mean that the full ambition of their project is sacrificed. Technology is placed in the surface of existing social relations and structures rather than the transformation of social life in its present form. So those are the two things we don't want to happen. Autonomy or, you know, technology placed in the surface of civilization, essentially. That, that those would be bad. The middle path... No, no, no steppy billionaire snake. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> the middle path is the path of the billionaire. But when Bezos... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there are three paths. One, one is guarded by a complete cunt who always lies. <laughs> the middle path is that the one, path. That of... one, that one. I'm sorry, Rob. That one went into my brain like fucking Elon's laser, <laughs> frankly, and I just I'm having a time. God damn. The middle path is the path of the billionaire, but when Bezos announced he would be flying to space on the first crewed flight of the rocket ship made by Blue, Blue Origin, one felt he had decided to evade or postpone the question of historical transformation, making it disappear into mere entertainment. Huh. Almost as if he was just a cunt all along. I'm sorry, the, the people who pointed out that their ships just looked like giant penises were far more cogent and accurate analysis than any of this guff frankly. Many were rightfully shocked by the many billions Bezos spent to fly in space, or something close to space, for just four minutes. Why not build a city on Earth or save thousands of lives by investing in healthcare? Or try to bring peace to a troubled area of our planet? In fairness to him, a certain amount of frivolity... <laughs> Why did you not simply buy the peace of Afghanistan, Mr. Bezos? <laughs> In fairness to him, a certain amount of frivolity was to be expected. Yeah, like fucking multi-hundred billion space boondoggles. I do, I do, I do like that throughout this entire fu fucking article. Like this is the what the the most intense criticism he's able to muster. Not whether we should entrust this much power to one person who is essentially unaccountable to anyone. Maybe, maybe some state, if the state was to ever actually try and do anything about it but let's face it probably not yeah let's just assume that it's good and then go from there if bezos faced so much difficulty attempting a new headquarters for amazon in new york how would these larger missions hop all over the regulatory and political barriers in their way the misalignment of private fortune and larger social purpose is close to complete yes almost as if large private fortunes and social purpose are divergent from each other. You fucking you imbecile. It's just <sighs> What if we what if we just what if we just had no contradictions, Rob? Yeah, what we did what if we just dissolved them? What if we just dissolved Jeff Bezos in some acid or something? Boarding acid, let's do that. I have met or corresponded with famous tech billionaires such as Peter Thiel or Mark Andreessen several times. <laughs> 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 the worst name. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome back on the pod. Technically, it's a theme. Of, <laughs> yeah. Finish that one yourself. <laughs> More than with great art statesmen or artists, there is somewhat strange expectation that they should be closer to the truth and have an inkling of what truth is. As Hegel noted after watching Napoleon... No, right, sorry, hang on. I was like, I'm just going to let that one go and you immediately go into Hegel. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh. This is torturous, right? I'm sorry, Jamie, I was with you, but as this guy gets deep down the well, I'm losing it. I'm genuinely losing it. 
As Hegel noted after watching Napoleon ride past at Jena in 1806, I saw the emperor, this world spirit, go out from the city to survey his realm. Something like that. The reason, I think, is that a billionaire no longer needs fellow human beings for anything. He has left humanity behind to go somewhere else, one imagines. And, and, and one can only assume that is good. <laughs> I'd love to be left behind by the sky gods. That's great. <laughs> well, I wonder when we're going to get to the point where we're going to have to throw 5,000 people a day on the po- upon some kind of like <laughs> rare metal throne. <laughs> so on these occasions, I stood there, appropriately silent, waiting that the word could be spoken. Which word? I have no idea. I am not a billionaire. The, the word only they could know. In the end, of course, we know the billionaire is mute because history speaks through them, but not in their voice. Hey, I've got, I've got a suggestion for a word. <laughs> the word is guillotine. And, you know. Oh, right, the, the other word. I, right, sure, fine, okay. No, no, we're not I specifically mean... talking about Elon Musk here. I was, I was talking about Peter Thiel personally, but, you know. <laughs> All right, Peter okay. Thiel. Um, stop saying his name. <laughs> what, you want to stop saying Peter Thiel? Or Peter Thiel. <laughs> oh. But I will I will say, like, this is this is very strong, oh, please, dom me, daddy yes. kind of energy from this piece. Holy shit. Well, I mean, fortunately, it's a, very, for... it's a very wordy type of simping compared to the previous. Elon oh, I cut a whole bunch read. of paragraphs, by the way, for this so, reading series. So you've got, oh my god! So you've got like a, you got a like a bratty sub, you got a service sub, and you've got a like a, a novelist sub. Uh... <laughs> uh, in in the specific case of this sub, uh, I'll read you this. It, it, the article's at its end, by the way. But uh, Bruno Massas was the Portuguese Europe Minister from 2013 to 15, and is the author of Geopolitics for the End Time. Oh. We're all dead. We're doomed. We're damned. There is no redemption. There is no escape. We we are just we are surrounded by simpering morons who just desperately want to choke on the cock of their god kings as their god kings lead us all into perpetual destruction, death, and pestilence. Yes. Fantastic. There is nothing to be gained at all other than dragging down your enemies with you at this point. Do you reckon when, uh, in like the medieval period, when you obviously had like warlord type kings that ruled over, you know, their fiefdoms or whatever you want, however you want to describe them, do you think there were like peasants that were proper just simps? Yes, for... absolutely. Yes, one hundred percent. Right? Did the British ex- did the British Isles exist during that period? If so, yes. <laughs> also. Also, someone pointed this out the other day, right? Which is if you go, whenever there is a new intellectual property release where it's got a cool villain, you go on Twitter or, you know, Tumblr or wherever, and it'll be full of people simping really hard for the Oh, villain. simping, okay. Yeah, like, you know, Lady Lady <laughs> Dimitrescu or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know, I didn't play that game. Dimitrescu like, um, and people got extremely horny. Oh, was she, was was, she the tall the vampire lady? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. someone pointed someone pointed out, and I'm like, "Yep, can't argue with it." Which is that's how minions get started. They just be simp really fucking hard for the villain. I'm pretty sure that was actually a, a spinoff of a different film. <laughs> well, no, right, okay, but th- that's how they that's how they sublimate their sexual energy into simping for this person, and and that's that that is basically <laughs> this. Elon Musk and the rest of them, the billionaires, the oligarchs, they are super villains. 
they they are Lex Luthor. They are villainous, and people are simping for them hard as a sublimation of sexual energy out of their own anxiety about their own irrelevance. And it's right in that piece we just read, and that's the future. I mean, and this is I mean, you know, I, we talked about it at the end of the the whole supply chain thing before we started reading this article. You know, this is the form of the neoliberal state. Not only can they not do anything, they don't think that is their job that they should do anything. You know, actually not doing anything is great. Yeah, fact, because because we need to let you know, like fucking Starmer in his speech when he was talking about climate change, he said uh, the thing that's going to solve it is that Boeing is inventing a new thing with hydrogen wings or something. You know, like it, it, it's at the same fucking level. This fucking simpering level of just letting you know this guy was a minister of state, and his answer is we need to just. That's extremely depressing. Just let go of the wheel. Just let it go, because then, you know, my sky daddy, Elon Musk, can fucking take over. Have you seen Have you seen some of the people who get to be ministers of various states? It's not like it's a fucking, it's not like it's an important job that they only reserve for the best of us. Yeah, but that's, this is my point exactly. Like, that's, this is the yeah, sometime, rock. This sometimes, is... sometimes your surname is just minister, and uh, <laughs> you get the job. <laughs> But this is this is the fucking rot at the heart of the state, you know. Like this, you see this kind of shit from colonists a lot. Like, you know, why are there no more great statesmen? Why are there no more, you know, where are the leaders who will take us forward? It's because we've allowed ourselves, and the state is so captured that it produces these idiots simpering. It's, no, it's because it's because of modern the way modern life works. Do yeah, you know what I mean, like everyone's like fucking all. Oh, there's that, who's that guy with the legs in the desert? Was that Alexander the Great? Uh, no, that's a uh, unknown no. who who he's referencing. Uh, that, well, it, it was it was strongly implied to be Ramses II. Yeah. Ozymandias right. is one of the names of or right. Ramses okay, well, II. Like, but you, do you know what I mean? Like that cunt wouldn't last lasted twenty minutes on Twitter. Turned up, they'd have given him a blue check mark, and he'd have been in full meltdown by the end of his first like three days. It's just, do you know what I mean? And you'd be on your fourth account. <laughs> you can't. Oh yeah, for, that was that was a while ago. Um, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Though you can't, you can't have these like great elder statesmen who like push history forwards. You know, like work the little crank handle on top of history that makes it go. <laughs> that you just can't have those people in modern life when like we know every single fucking thing about them ever, and we like can yell at them on like fucking on the internet. What we need, what we need, is less Ozymandias and more Ian Seal. <laughs> <laughs> For real, it, it does. It, it would require like a complete reinvention of it that these fucking oligarchs are incapable of actually embracing. And and in credit to Ramses II, he actually was a capable spokesperson who did a bunch of building and all the other shit that they are incapable of doing. Yeah, I mean that guy actually left something behind. Like, what the fuck is Elon Musk going to leave behind? Like two battery yeah. factories and uh, the bunch of the broken corpses of his workers. Like, fuck that guy. It was easier. It was easier to fucking like leave things behind back then. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could just go. Oh, you know what we can do now? We're going to build a fucking pyramid, lads, and everyone will be like, "Holy shit, this is revolutionary." But that's been done now. It's like the Beatles. Everyone constantly fucking bangs on about how amazing the Beatles were, and it's they were just early. You know what I mean? They're just like if if the Beatles started now, people would just be like, "Well, yeah, that's all right, I guess." Do you know what I mean? It's just the benefit of being first. Every everything's been invented now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Except the jetpack. This is the real end of history. The first that we yeah. get in arrows are so fucking stupid. It's like that idiot cruise liner, the the super yacht that we started the episode with, like. 
The board of that company behind that is like stacked with people from all the usual corners, the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, the CIA, uh, you know, McKinsey, all the usual shitheads, all the people with the money and the connection. And what they're doing instead of actually like thinking revolutionary okay, thoughts like is just fucking dicking around and building a hyper yacht. Yeah, but did Ramses II ever build a boat with an orb on it? <laughs> well, then, you know what I mean? Maybe, they, maybe they'll have invented something that lasts. You, you don't know. But the we'll Egyptian throne, it was acknowledged that Cleopatra had, like, the biggest Nile-going barge ever in existence. She had the, the at the time, equivalent of a super yacht. Like, a- okay, right. But, yeah, but shit still came out of one end of it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so- and, and Cleopatra's a really bad example because she got fucking murked because she couldn't govern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, you know. I'm just saying that that super yacht's already around. I'm not saying Cleopatra is any great at governing, but, you know. This is- no, my, my point my point is, right, that, like, history is written by, like, like you know, the victors. So you're never going to hear about how those people, like, went out to the town square and someone called them a dog nonce <laughs> and they just lost their fucking rag. Do you know what I mean? They just not put that in the... Not put that in the history books. Actually, Jamie, surprisingly, some of that is recorded, and it's some of the funniest fucking shit you'll ever read in Jamie, history. Sorry, just because it's just, just it's, I just want to check something with you. Are you arguing that the protagonist of history right now is not the the, the unbound billionaire, but the poster? I mean, it hasn't it always been? Yeah. What, what was Diogenes if not a poster? <laughs> yeah. Socrates was definitely a poster. So I guess that ties it together quite neatly, doesn't it? Audience, mm. we present to you our thesis for season three. The great man of history is actually the poster. <laughs> yes, you too are the great man, <laughs> I mean, for woman. Real, or... For real though, it's like you, you brought up that, that lad with the fucking, uh, the copper, the, the shitty copper. You know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what was he doing if not fucking Paulson? Correct. <laughs> God damn it! Like, yeah. There we go. People the world is full. We found we found these like tablets from fucking ancient Babylon, and it's someone like kicking off with his like wife because she went to sleep with his fucking mate or something. People have always been it's... dramatic as fuck, and it's like, yeah, they have. You just don't yeah, hear yeah. about it because like the people who write history books are just tragic nerds. That's it. <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> Friendship ended with Trash Future, now 10k post is my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) But here we go. Welcome to season three. The world is going to shit. We're all doomed, but we're going to post it. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Now is the age of the poster. (laughs) Mm. It was ever thus, is my point. (laughs) In the meantime, the fucking earth will crumble around us and the treats will get very hard to find. But hey, again. It was always thus. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's probably as good a place as any to end it. Uh, yeah. Will we be streaming? Uh, uh, th- well, th- then if this comes out on Thursday, we'll be streaming tonight. Excellent. There you go. Yes. So tune in. Twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast at 7.30-ish. Oh, uh, check check the 12. Check the 12. Um, also, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast. And there are t-shirts available um, at the Teespring store. Teespring dot com forward slash stores forward slash praxis cast and yeah we will see you all next week for more miserable oh, we've got another uh, we've got another banger plans for next week it will be uh oh, it's not a fucking article again, no 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 it? it's something close to james's heart that he requested uh during the break ah yes i'm ready oh, let's yeah. go they yeah. requested sorry An energetic episode it will be anyway yes catch you later folks bye-bye catch you later bye. welcome to season see three you. bye